everyone. Welcome to Rising Warriors, Rachel Coulet. Today, I am interviewing the author Jacqueline Weiss. She is the author of the new coming book coming out of Healing the Survivors. And today, I asked her to come be a part of this, um, especially because her story is a story that we can all relate to. It is a story that I can relate to myself from being a um, rape survivor myself. And um, so I want her to just do a little introduction about herself real quick. So Jacqueline, um, so for many of you that don't know, this is my younger sister. I'm so proud of her and I'm not just favoring her on uh, this uh, live interview because she's my sister, but um, for me, I, I, if I step myself away from uh, my relationship as uh, sisters with her, um, her walk that I've watched her do over her life is inspiring and has inspired me. And the way that she was able to heal from her trauma, um, I wish I would have had that guidance when I was younger um, to be able to uh, handle things the way that she did and really fighting um, for others and using her voice. And uh, for me, when I was raped, when I was in seventh grade, um, I did not have that support. I was afraid I was roofied. I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't remember till later off on in life that it even happened to me. And then um, several other occasions of, um, that trauma also happened to me growing up, but I took a different route growing up. I did a, um, a route of self abuse and she got to witness that um, when she was younger of me going through self abuse and literally just destroying my life. And I kind of hit the, um, the danger button if you want to say of self-sabotage and um, just not caring. So watching Jacqueline um, going through her trials and things with her trauma has really impacted me and has really inspired me. And I know she doesn't really know that until now, but she, but you have really inspired me and um, just how you were able to handle your trauma and we all handle trauma differently, but I I just want to like, you know, congratulate you and just like applaud you for um, how you've been able to do this. And now here you are writing a book to share about everything that has been going on. So real quick, I want you to um, give us a little information about yourself. Um, I. I know you're Native American. Um, so what tribe are you from? And a little bit about who you are. Well, Unahakinisuga, thank you, Rachel, for um, introducing me. It's always a pleasure. Um, my name is Jacqueline Weiss. I am from the Northwestern Band of Shoshone Nation. And I am a rape survivor and I am an author now. So I am an energetic healer. I am a body and emotion code practitioner for the Inside Out Institute. And I am 
an herbologist and I am in love with helping other survivors heal and really take action um, from healing themselves, but then healing forward. Because when we get stuck in our survival mode, when we get stuck in transitioning into, can I really heal from this to, I want to heal from this, there is a whole spectrum that we have to go through that we don't realize that we need in our life. And luckily, I was raised in a, my native culture and I was able to have this eternal perspective even through my trauma. And that has really guided me through writing my book, Healing the Survivors. Um, it comes out December 13th, 2020. So I'm really excited for that. Um, but really, my journey has empowered me through my entire life. Um, I was uh, raped at 14, 15, and 16 years old, but somehow I still still kept moving forward in my life. And so my book is based off of that and how I did it and how um, you can do it too if that's something you're struggling with right now or even if you're going through something of domestic violence, sexual abuse, um, addictions, whatever that might be, this book is still for you because I go through the different steps um, of self-healing. So thank you. So my, so I want you to go back and we're going to be a little bit vulnerable today since this is already being published out here. So what, what do you remember what happened during that time when you were raped when you were um in what it was eighth grade wasn't it seventh eighth grade. it was the or beginning the of freshman, freshman year freshman year okay mm -hmm. so can you kind of tell a little bit of, um about what happened there and what you were going through around that time yeah so what happened was i went to a party with my cousin and she ended up going home and I stayed because my parents would have disapproved of me if I was even caught at a party then. And the longer that went on, you know, I was ended up, I ended up raped. I was roofied. Um, someone took advantage of me. And I remember waking up the next morning by myself in the room. And I was like, what happened? And then I just got ready and left and went home that morning. And I still felt like, you know, there's something wrong. I don't remember what happened at, well, at that time. I didn't remember, but I just was like, I felt like this piece of me was missing. And so months later go by and I'm in high school and I'm trying to figure everything out in my life, tried to keep my grades up, but yeah, I was still like feeling symptoms of depression, but I didn't know why. I just was like, you know, it might be stress. I was in AP classes already. Um, but I was like, what is going on? And then it was around um, Christmas break where I had that time to sit with myself. And I was like, I had this vulnerable moment and all of those flashbacks, everything from that instant came flooding to me and my whole body just, I could feel it just disconnect. I was completely disconnected. I felt like, I don't know if you guys have felt this way where you're just feel like you're walking halfway in your body, kind of reflecting on yourself, like the whole time of life. Well, I felt like this at that moment. And I was just like, I, I don't want to live anymore. And I just spiraled down and I 
didn't want to live. I almost committed suicide a couple times. I was self-harming. I started drinking alcohol. I wanted to numb my pain, which trickled. And in my native culture, like when you do that, you're completely lost. You're disconnected. And to me, that was a huge like pivot point. Because one day, as I'm just doing all these things, I I was praying and I was like, creator, there has to be something more for me to be doing right now because I feel so lost. I don't want to feel this pain anymore. So whether I take my life or you change my life for me, what's it going to be is kind of like how I put it on the table. And the next day, everything started happening for me. Um, at the time, I was struggling to go to school. I actually dropped out for a little bit. I mean, I was still going in and doing homework, but I I would completely remove myself from school. Um, and luckily, I have a really supportive mom who, you know, talked to the administrators. And I ended up graduating early and went to college the next year. So uh, luckily I was blessed in that. And some of us aren't blessed with those scenarios, but luckily I was, because that means, you know, I get to share my story of how you can do it. But as I'm healing, I'm trying to evolve. I'm trying, I feel like I'm dragging like a ball behind me, you know, saying, nope, you can't do it. You're not allowed to, you are going to be stuck like this forever. And those thoughts mm. I was constantly battling. I was constantly having those inner dialogues of like, no, you should die. Like there's just this whole thing, but yet something in me, maybe it's my, my ancestors pushing me forward, you know, whatever it was, my soul was like, no, you are meant for more. You need to keep going. And Honestly, it took everything I got. Like some days, like the biggest accomplishment was getting out of bed in the morning or going to brush my teeth. I know that sounds gross, but to me, <laughs> to me, like that was a huge achievement. So when you're healing, when you're on your journey, you know, count the small wins. You got dressed today. You actually went outside. You you took a small step and that's all that matters. It doesn't matter what you do tomorrow. It's what you do today because that's what is Matt like going to keep you surviving. So as I'm healing, as I'm trying to uncover what's going on with me, it all happens again. And then I go through it again. And so I'm like, what do I need to learn this time? And then I'm healing and Finally, like self-love is a piece of it that was coming through. And then all of a sudden it happens again. And I'm like, I'm not going to react. I'm just going to go right into my healing because I know exactly where I need to be. I'm tired of this. I don't want to do this anymore. And so really that's what pushed me forward. Um, and so as you're healing, as you're watching this, ask yourself, where are you at in your healing journey? Are you at the beginning? Or are you at the end? Well, we still have to go back to the beginning if we're at the end because we still have to heal those things so it doesn't manifest into our lives in the future. Mm -hmm. So what I really love about this is that, so in the native way, we're always taught that you're doing the healing for the next seven, seven generations. We're living for the next seven generations and it's up to us. And as like we were raised from um, our mom and grandma, it was always, um, we were, I, I remember she was all mom always said, um, do the healing, do the healing now so that when you get older, you're not 
walking around with all this baggage and trauma. And she would say that to me um, when I was little. So when I was raped, um, you were about four years old, three, four years old. And it's kind of interesting because if we're going to talk about generational trauma and um, connecting and, and the DNA of things, it's kind of interesting how I was roofied, you were roofied. Um, I didn't, I, I, it was around, uh, for me, it was seventh grade, um, but I didn't remember, or it was seventh, eighth, no, eighth grade, sorry, eighth grade, and, but I didn't remember until ninth grade in high school that it happened, and for me, um, it, I started having flashbacks in the middle of school, so I would actually see, it was my um, boyfriend at the, or previous boyfriend that, uh, wanted to have sex with me. And I didn't even know what sex was when I was 13. Um, mom never let me be in sex ed classes. And so she really kept me away from sex education. So I, I didn't even know what sex was. I had a boyfriend that kept telling me that he wanted to do all these things with me. And, and I kept saying no, because I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And I'm not going to do say yes to something that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. So I said, no. So he ended up um, getting three of my so-called friends at the time to actually roofie me and then walk me to the house that he was at. And for me, I uh, was in a, I ended up um, sitting there and remembering, I remember that I felt like something bad was gonna happen I didn't, I had no control over my body. I didn't know what was going on with my body because the roofie had started to kick in. And I just remember going to the closet and hiding. And then a friend came in there and she just kind of started crying. And she just kept saying, um, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I just remember looking at her like, what are you sorry for? Like, I, I don't understand what's going on. But then that's when um, three boys pulled me out of the closet and thank goodness I don't remember what happened to me all I remember is getting thrown back and my clothes starting to get ripped off and I and that was it and then for me the next day I woke up back at my friend's house so I didn't have like I didn't wake up in a different place I still went back to the same place so it was kind of like this hazy dream for me and it wasn't until um, high school that um, I actually started seeing him and then having flashbacks and then started realizing what was going on. But like what you were saying, there was this part of me that like, did, I felt ugly. I felt um, like there, like this innocence was taken from me. I couldn't understand why I felt so just like, like I was taken, like I wasn't there anymore. I and being, you know, spiritually raised the way are, we are to be connected to created creator and our ancestors, I lost that connection in a sense. And for me, that's when I really started hitting this self-destruction button and going down this journey and this path. And it wasn't until uh, middle school or high school, excuse me, that um, when I started having these flashbacks that mom advised me to go and do counseling. So I started to go to counseling and it was helping. It was helping me, you know, deal and talk through the traumas and things like that. But at the same time, now looking back, 
when you found the body code system and you started getting that healing done and actually going to the root cause and releasing the energetic traumas and the memories and the anchors and just everything associated to those trauma associated to those traumas i watched you transform much quicker than what i had so it's interesting because like mom she came to me and she started doing her healing for her rape surviving um when i was in high school so she was in her 30s um when she finally addressed her her rape trauma then she kept telling me to address mine when I was earlier. So then I started working on mine earlier and, but it's taken me a while. And Jacqueline is the one that actually started helping me. Um, what was about 29, um, you're around 19, right? When you yeah. started like really, yeah. So I was 29 and that's when I was, um, in stage four cancer and she, we, with having cancer in the uterine, um, I knew that that had to do with all of the rapes that had happened, all, all the traumas. I was also, you know, raped from my ex-husband and um, different things. So I, I realized that with watching her that, wow, okay, she's actually like shifting and changing. And it took years of me going to therapy to talk about it, but I kept talking about my trauma, but yet I always felt like I never like was getting better. It was like, I was getting better talking about it. I was getting less emotional talking about it, but yet I still felt this, this ease inside my body that I really did not like. And it wasn't until you started doing the body code with me that we actually started releasing the cording and the traumas and the memory fields of that actual trauma that happened to me. And then things started to shift and change. And so I just wanted to say thank you for that, because that that helped me in a way more than you even know. Um, there's so many people out here that you know I've been talking to that and I know you do, too. Um, that, you know, we're walking around with these traumas and we're like, yeah, we're getting better. Yeah, we're moving forward. But yeah, I still have this like feeling inside me. And it's, and sometimes you just want to numb it and and drink. And, you know, I used to drink a lot um, after my rapes and things like that. That was my scapegoat um, to go disappear. But then at the same time, like you were saying, it wasn't it wasn't setting with my spirit. And I stayed there way much, uh, way longer than you did. So it took me uh, longer to get out. And I realized, you know, that through this, you know, there, when we're going through traumas and things like that, we don't really understand the effect that it has on other people around us. So I want you to kind of share um, a little bit about, you know, when you were younger, we had this disconnection. And to me, I thought that by being away from home and um, staying away and not showing you that I was drinking and in this ugly place because I knew you looked, looked up to me. And so I stayed away. And yet I did not realize that how it created this ricochet and this it, how it affected you as a young girl to where we didn't really have this really close relationship growing up until we got older. 
So I kind of want you to um, be honest and talk about what that did, um, watching me go through that. Um, for me, it was kind of just like, well, we talk about disconnection, but disconnecting from ourselves, disconnecting from our families, disconnecting from the world, right? Or our friends. And it is like a defense mechanism because we prejudge ourselves. We don't believe we are worthy. We don't want people to watch us struggle. But in return, that causes us more depression. It causes us anxiety, PTSD, um, all these things. And even in our culture, right, we talk about how disconnection isn't a good thing that we are meant to actually survive with others. It takes a village to heal, right? So when you separated our, yourself, right, you felt alone. Yeah. Well, being alone, it doesn't serve you. It doesn't help you heal. It doesn't help you move forward in your life because, well, why are you, what's the purpose of you living? And so for me, I mean, watching you, and again, I don't remember too much because I was really little, but right. I know it did affect our relationship. But what happens is, well, that disconnection broke it. So I couldn't talk to you in the future, right? Mm -hmm. So when we disconnect, and if you're listening to this, maybe write some notes because this is really powerful. But in my book, Healing the Survivors, I talk about how we spiritually disconnect and how we must connect after. And these are, I go through eight different steps of healing. So the first is forgiveness. The next is spirituality. The next is connection, inner healing, conscious healing, inner peace, rebirthing and freedom. The first step is really connection. And so we have to change our mindset. We have to allow ourselves to accept that, you know what, this happened but I'm going to choose to live and survive. And what do I need? Like ask yourself, what do I need right now to make it through this? Because that's when the conscious and subconscious aligns. And it really tells you, this is what you need to heal. This is what you need to do. You need a support system. And then maybe your family isn't the best place to go. Maybe you need to go to survivor support groups. There's so many options out there. You just have to look. And sometimes we're not guided into those specific areas of like, well, I'm ready. Now what? Or I'm tired of doing this alone, but I don't have a family to support me. Or I don't have friends who can support me. And for me, when I was like in the middle of it, I had a really good support system. But for me, I still disconnected from them. I still didn't want to be with them. Like I removed myself from family, but then luckily I had a supportive friend group, you know, that was there for me. But even then, like it turned into a whole codependency thing. I didn't yeah. know how to be by myself at that point. Right. So there's so many spectrums, but really like, as you connect, when you connect with others, it one does really good things for your body. It raises your vibration. It raises your endorphin levels. It makes you feel happier, uh, depending on what you're doing, I guess. But it makes you feel alive. And so a lot of people get addicted to that, like I did. Mm -hmm. But I did. then we're still not connecting. And that connection is now within ourselves. Because we tend to protrude outward to like try to receive. We think other people can give us happiness or 
because they have love, I can have their love. But that's not how it works. And we're doing it backwards. So the self-healing really begins with you connecting to your spirit, connecting with the creator or universe or whatever you believe in. But that is where it truly begins. Because if we separate ourselves from even spirituality, and I'm not saying like God, you know, I'm mm -hmm. saying spirituality is your subconscious, is your spirit is the Holy Spirit, whatever you believe in, but it is those things. And for me, I lost it. For me, like, I remember there was a profound moment and I was healing and I was trying to do something, but I was still drinking. I was still, you know, self-abusing. I was still doing all those things. And I had actually put on a jing my jingle dress and I was going to go to a powwow. And if you don't know what that is, a jingle dress is a healing medicine dress where those women dance for you and heal you. And those, it's just amazing. Like we can talk about this later, but <laughs> I was meant to heal others. I was supposed to put that dress on and heal others when I couldn't even help myself and I wasn't even connected. And I ended up putting it on and it ripped. And I just remember I cried and that was the day I stopped drinking that was the day I said I'm gonna I'm gonna heal myself because I don't want this anymore that was like literally the most profound thing for me and everyone has those moments where like it's like a slap in the face but for me that was because that was medicine that I had been raised in that was healing modalities that I was raised in and I knew the purpose of it and I wasn't reaching my potential. And so for me, that moment shift my life forever. And I decided that I was done and I was going to continue forward. So you have to connect in with your spirituality and in the body and emotion code, if you don't know what it is, it's a healing modality that focuses on releasing trapped energies and trapped trauma in the body that's been suppressed. And we are able to connect in with the subconscious to release it energetically. We don't have to relive these traumas. We just simply acknowledge it and we release it. We don't have to talk about it. We don't have to do anything with it because we just have to let it go. It's not meant to be stored in our body. So through that, I found the spirit out of body disconnection. Well, we were talking about this earlier. Mm -hmm. A spirit out of body disconnection means you're walking halfway in your body. Your spirit doesn't believe it's safe. It feels safer outside because you're in this fight or flight response. Your body doesn't know the difference between a bear attack or if, or, you know, you're just having anxiety today. Mm -hmm. It doesn't know the difference. So you're still having a traumatic response, PTSD because of it. And so our spirit's like, no, <laughs> I don't want to be because what if I have to like disconnect because something bad, you got, you got hit by a truck or something, you know, you don't know. Right. So like, you're just trying to survive, but how do you survive if you're not even connected to your spiritual being? You don't, I call it a spiritual death because when we aren't connected, we spiritually die. We are intuitive we don't have our gifts anymore you know you lose everything but you're not meant to stay at that point if you do disconnect which most of us are probably really disconnected right now honestly because of covid and the election and all these things that are happening right now or your own trauma but we all are disconnected in some way but there you don't have to stay that way that's the important thing is 
you can heal it you through the body and emotion code through sound bowl therapy um through eft tapping through all these different reiki as well um, there's diff or acupuncture but there's mm -hmm. all these different modalities that you can use to help you connect in with yourself again so don't walk that life where you're not connected anymore to yourself, to your community, to your family. Um, I mean, unless they're abusive and not in a good situation, but trust your instinct, whatever feels the best for you, use it. Um, but there's so many things that you need to heal yourself. And the number one thing is don't remove yourself, push yourself more into those relationships and tell them like, this is what I'm going on so they can help support you or, take you places to help you, whatever that looks like. But for me, it's like you have to connect in with yourself and your family and your relationships and a support system because that's what pushes you forward in life. That's so true. Because if, if, because I've been in several different um, relationships where you try to be vulnerable and they end up using it against you. But then what I love about this is, so this is what I've been working on is, um, especially after my um, crazy marriage that I had for several, well, many years, there was a lot of traumas that I had even just from that. And he also um, raped me while I was sleeping. So I was raped several times by my ex-husband while I was sleeping. So there was all of these things that was causing even more cancer and um, disconnection in my body to where I was completely disconnected. But I, w I wanted to be connected, but then I didn't want to be connected. And for me, you have to be careful because when you get to that, that place where if it gets so um, hard and you really don't have support around you to really talk to and um, you end up having that no will to live and you end up not wanting to live anymore. And like for me at that time, I remember it was just so bad that we were all even like mom was even like, you know, creator, take her home. She's suffering so much. And, but it was just so much that was going on that we like, you didn't even know that I was going to make it to your wedding the next year. You thought I was going to be gone. And, but then I was given this like chance to come back after I, I did go home and then I did come back and it's, I just watched you and your healing and your, I just want to thank you for how you really reached out to me and like, you really helped me through a lot of trauma quickly. And it wasn't like I had to go and revisit it and re-talk about it and things like that. Sometimes I remember I, it was so intense where I'd be like, I don't know, Jacqueline, just work on it. <laughs> like, I just, just, I don't want to talk about it. Like, just work on it. Send me the notes later. And, but then at the same time for us, I saw that that was a beautiful place for us to actually connect because you started to see another part of stories from my life that you didn't really understand that started putting like puzzle pieces together of uh, what happened in my life and uh, where I went and things like that. And so we were able to actually have that connection again, but it's just like what you said. I remember like when I was really drinking and 
I had so many friends. I was the life of the party, center of the party. But in those moments, when I look back, even though I was surrounded by people, I felt so alone, so alone. And I would remember sitting there and I would like look and I'm like, yeah, I've got all these friends and things around me and yeah, they all love me. But at the same time, I, I never felt more alone in my life. And it wasn't until I started to actually reconnect and I stopped drinking. And for me, I, I was trying to actually get back into powwow dancing and things like that. But all of these things kept getting blocked. Um, from it happening and and I would get the opportunities, but I knew I couldn't step in that dress because I wasn't living my life right to to even wear that dress honorably. And so I really had to work on reconnecting. But for me, my body finally got to the point and was like, you know what, Rachel, you're not going to stop drinking. Now we're going to make you stop drinking. So for me, I ended up into the ER uh, with acute pancreatitis and was given the choice that hey you can either drink right now and you can kill yourself and this is the one organ in the body we cannot replace or you can quit drinking and you can change your life and i remember that that right there hearing that from the doctor is what like kind of like slapped me across the face and i was like wait okay so basically if i don't get my life right i'm gonna kill myself from drinking and then i'm gonna have to go face the creator that I handled things in the way of self-sabotage and killing myself over my pain instead of learning from it and growing from it and working on, on my own healing. Or So that's what I ended up doing. So then I ended up having to disconnect again from all of those friends and relationships that I had for many years. And once I disconnected from them, that's when I went to Sundance and that's when I reconnected. And for me, that's where that was that pivot point for me in my life of, all right, I'm, I can't live this way anymore. I just have to, I have to bite the bullet. I've got to really fight. I don't want my future children to ever go through this. I don't want yours to ever go through this. I don't want grandchildren to go ever grow through this. And, and if we look at our family, probably uh, nine out of 10 of us have all been raped, if, if you want to group us off into groups. And so if we want to talk about, you know, that disconnection there and trauma, so we've had this generational trauma in our family for, well, since the first white man came here and raped our grandma, and um, what, 28 years ago, or 28 uh, generations ago. And once that happened, then there started to be this energetic um, connection and like put imprinted in our DNA of, okay, rape trauma, fear. So then we go and like, um, I want you to talk about like the broadcast messages and the no wheels twos that, you know, we can in even inherit that um, can cause this and the beauty within the inherited things that we may find through body coding and what that does what does that do for um the future generations and our family and um our ancestors so i want you to talk about that real quick so if you don't know what inherited trauma it is like you're going to a doctor's office and they have you write all of the um inherited diseases that your past generations have had well, 
we can actually take on trauma, energetic trauma that have been passed down generations and it will manifest into our lives today. So in our culture, we talk about generation or inherited generational trauma, which is where the DNA from the sequence of our emotions um, get trapped in the body. It gets passed down to different generations, generations, generations. So in my culture, in my family, okay, so rape was inherited 28 generations ago. Well, it came to me and it came to my sister. It came to my cousins. It came to my family my family members. And the difference is as we heal using the body and emotion code, because it does go into how we inherit trapped emotions, we are able to let those things go, not only from us, but from those generations that had it um, and down our lineage. And so for me, as I was healing and I have a daughter and she's two years old, I really wanted to heal myself. So she didn't have to take it on. And just watching her grow, and she's, I mean, she's incredible. Like, I'm not just saying that because I'm her mom, but she doesn't have inherited trauma. She doesn't have trauma. She doesn't have anything. And so if she has a tantrum, I'm like, release it. it. I find out why you're experiencing that. But she, she's evolved. Now she doesn't have to carry anything like that. And so- when we're using the body and emotion code, it goes into how we can suppress memories, how we can have what's called a broadcast message. So it's like a sign above your head um, where people are picking or reading it and picking up on that energy. And so, you know, they do whatever you're telling them. So you can have a sign above your head that says, reject me. You can have a sign above your head. Don't love me, abuse me. I'm not good enough. Um, I'm not worthy of love. And they're picking up on it. And so where are you in your life? Well, it's probably because you're broadcasting something to them. And so as we go through it and we can clear it, we can let it go, which is amazing. Um, you don't have to keep that broadcast on there. Um, but as you heal, you can let go of those things. You don't have to have that negative sign that says, give up on me. I'm not worthy of it. You can let it go. You can rewrite it. You can write a new statement. Love me, support me, accept me, embrace me, help me move forward. You know, all these positive things, which you will shift in. And in my book, I do talk about this on how to do that. Um, so check it out. Um, but it's like, allow yourself to release them. Same as memories. We can inherit memories. We can have things passed down generations of trauma memories. And so what happens is you might even like never had trauma, but yet you feel like you have, or you're having flashbacks of things that you've never personally experienced, but yet it's still real to you. And that could be inherited from someone in your generational line. And so as you heal it, you let it go. And then you let it go from them. They don't have to carry it because I firmly believe even though we pass away, we still have our crap until like, mm-hmm. this, you know, until then. And we still are still healing on the other side. So yep. imagine if you're healing them and they're healing you and it's all around and the world goes around and it's beautiful. <laughs> but you get to let go of those things and you don't have to keep going with it. You don't have to continue your path coming over another hurdle that wasn't even yours to begin with, or it is yours and you don't have to create another hurdle for someone else to go through. So you're just healing everything. 
And so in the body code, it goes into that really in depth. Um, and if you don't know what it is or you've never had a session and you want to check it out, um, go to ZB Wellness Center or JacquelineWeiss.com and you'll be able to schedule a session with me, Rachel or Rochelle. Um, and you'll be able to unlock your um, healing potential. And so really just ask yourself, and I want to just say this, just ask yourself where you're at in your healing journey and be honest. Don't lie to yourself. Don't say I'm fine. I'm okay. Be honest because that's that honesty is what's going to help you heal in the future or help you heal now. Because, you know, we could deny it. We could pretend like oh, I'm good. I'm the best. I'm all these things. And then really like you're suffering inside. Well, why are you lying to yourself? So get out of that, accept what you're going through, but then let that be a pivot moment where you're like, do I really want to be like this forever? How long do I want to stay like this? And then ask yourself, like, do I want to stay this way for years? Do I want to get through it now? Do I want to, you know, just feel it out, see where I'm going <laughs> with my life? But don't, don't wait long because, you know, you don't have that much time to heal yourself. And then what you're going to heal yourself finally and then start to become your full potential. And no, like start now, do it now. You don't need to wait anymore. Just allow yourself to have, like, if you're watching this, this is going to be your pivotal moment. And so just do it because that's what we did. That's what I've personally done was like, I'm tired of this. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not meant to live like this forever. And then that was that day is when my whole life changed. It's so true because I, I had to do that same exact thing where I finally realized that it was like, I, I, I'll share this one moment where I, so it was after I was um, told never to drink again. I remember I was sitting at my boyfriend's house at the time and I was sitting on the kitchen counter just watching everybody, observing everybody that was drinking. And at that point, we were, you know, in our mid 20s and young or early, earlier 20s. And some of them just started, you know, get, they just got married and have a baby on their way. One had a baby running around. And for me, I remember looking and watching and I sat back and I was like, this is, if I don't get out of this, this is going to be the what it is for the rest of my life. This doesn't align up with me spiritually. This doesn't align up with me physically, mentally, emotionally. This goes against everything on what I was raised and growing up in and having a family. And my thing, I said that I was, even though when I was younger, I was like, I'm going to be drinking. But the moment I'm, you know, a mom or in, in, a, in a marriage that, you know, those days were over. So for, for me too, I was like, I was trying to get, as much done as I could earlier so that when I got older, I was already done and had lived that part of my life. But um, really, uh, that was a huge pivot point for me of really setting back and going, I don't, this is, if I don't get out of this now, this is what I'm going to be dealing with as a sober person with a bunch of drunks for the rest of my life. And I didn't want to do it anymore. So and even then I still felt so alone. So it was when that, that pivot point, when I was actually able to 
reconnect. And when I actually started reconnecting, I never felt alone again. And it, it wasn't reconnecting with others, really. It was more connecting with myself and connecting with creator and really putting my hands into his life and saying, what is it that you want me to do? I lived this hard life and I know I didn't live it for, a, you know, no reason. And I know that if we can empower other people to share their story, then it's not going to be so um, feel like we're just talking about this hush thing that we can't talk about rape. And that's one, one thing that I do notice is it, it's kind of like this hush thing that you can talk about it, but you can't talk about it. And then especially being a woman and even a man, you know, who's going to, especially men, who's going to believe you that you were raped? You're a man. Like men don't get raped. Yes, they do. I I know several that have gone through that. And, you know, especially in the, in the military, I've, I've, I've worked with a lot of men that have actually been raped by other men. And you would be surprised that the higher rate is actually men on men rape in the military than it is men on women or women on men. So I, I really, um, really love that you're talking about all these different topics uh, with your book and all the different chapters that you're going through, because this really is going to help and empower so many people. I'm excited to read your book. Um, it's I know it's going to empower me and um, inspire me to even dive deeper into healing and inspiring others to share their story because there are so many of us that are out here that are survivors. And I like how you shift that because I used to say, yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm a victim. I used to use that word victim a lot. I'm a vi rape victim, but then you started, you're the one that actually shifted that into, no, I'm a survivor of rape. I'm not a victim. So it's even just the mindset shift in just those words of like, if, we're going to put that broadcast message out there. You know, it's say that if we're saying that I'm a rape victim, then you're wearing this message out here saying, look at me, I'm a rape victim, come rape me. And I was wearing that for a while. So, cause I was raped several different times by different people. And I was like wearing that, but then it was like, once I shifted that, um, that mindset of like, no, I'm a survivor. Then it was like I took down that blinking sign and was like, no, I'm a survivor of rape. I'm not a rape victim. You don't get to do this to me anymore. You don't get to abuse my body and my spirit. And this isn't going to happen anymore. So it's that mind shift, too, uh, that I like that you're talking about because it's so true. You have to have that mind shift um, in order to move forward. We can all be in a very, very dark place and um, be, I was suicidal too. I tried committing suicide many times, um, but we survive through it. We push through it. There's so many times that we can give up in life, but it's having that warrior mindset that I'm going to fight and I'm going to pull through this and I'm going to make a difference. And even if it's just a difference in your own family so that you're doing the healing so that your grandchildren um, and generations to come don't go through this, then, you know, you're, you're doing that work. You're moving forward. Think of like, for me, 
I, I lost my triplets um, you know, in 2015. And so for me, when I went through that part of that trauma, um, I really had to remember that they're always with me watching me. Even though they're not here present with me, they're still with me spiritually watching me and they're still learning. And so I just want you guys to remember that when you're out here and you don't think anybody's watching you, people are watching you and your ancestors are watching you, your, your families are watching you, your future children or grandchildren are watching you, creators watching you. And how, how are you going to be, live your best life? And what are you going to do to step up and do the healing for yourself and really dig deep into yourself? Because if you want to really be loved, and I've had to go through this too, is you really have to find that self-love. And part of that self-love is healing and caring for yourself and being kind to yourself and I like what um, Todd said uh, a couple months ago of um, uh, Todd Cahill um, of being your best friend. How are you treating your best friend? And I was actually telling a lady this the other day, um, real quick, um, at the model boot camp that I was in. She's a plus size model, gorgeous. And to me, I had to look at her and say, "You're an inspiration to me." through all the traumas and things that she, she, you know, I know she's gone through her um, survival and I'm not going to share her story, but um, I'm just going to say that I had to tell her that she's an inspiration. And when she's doing things um, and on camera or in that, in that public of the eye to remember to inspire yourself. That was the biggest thing is you you need to be able to inspire yourself to inspire others and motivate yourself so you can motivate others. So it's like for us, here we are, we're being vulnerable. Um, a lot of the stuff that we talked about today, we have not actually talked about um, until today um, on this live. So it's really, really important that if you really want to do that self-care, that self-healing to really look inwards and love yourself. Be kind to yourself. I am my own worst enemy as a professional dancer. Um, I am my own worst enemy. I don't need any, like, you, could, you could have a whole bunch of people telling me anything, but it, when it comes to the end of the day, I will end up beating myself up more than anybody else. But it's loving yourself and it's returning to that love. And if, and I have to remind myself this, that if I was talking to my best friend, would I be telling her that, you know, get over it, deal with it, uh, suck it up buttercup. Um, no, I would be coddling and I would be loving her. And so what is that for you? And I just want to kind of leave that with you that with, um, that self love and self healing and to really be able to move and transform, you really have to have that warrior mindset, the drive to move forward, but to be able to grab the real, the, the reins with both your hands, drive your own healing life and go for it. 
and take it into your hands, not into somebody else's hands, into your hands. Listen to your spirit, connect. We have many resources here. Um, Jacqueline is a good resource. She has a, um, a support group. It's Healing the Survivors. Um, if you're interested about that, you can contact me or Jacqueline. It's a beautiful group. Right now, it's just women. Um, but it's I, I love this group that she's created because it's created the safe space for exactly what we're talking about right now about needing that support group and someone to talk about, talk to and not talk about, um, and to be vulnerable and have that, that system of sisters around you that, you know, that you're not in this alone and we're in this together. So I just wanted to leave that with you and real quick, I'll have, um, Jacqueline go ahead and share where we can follow you. Um, and, uh, your little tags and everything that you have over here. She's got a lot of them. <laughs> Thank you. So you can follow me on Instagram at Jacqueline.smiles or Healing the Survivors. Um, you can check out my podcast on Anchor and Spotify, Jacqueline Weiss, and my YouTube channel, Healing the Survivors. Um, you can also join my Facebook group. It is a private Facebook group. So message me if you want to join. And that is also Healing the Survivors. And you can check out my book. It is on JacquelineWeiss.com. You can pre-order there. And I'm so excited for you guys to see it and read it and allow it to inspire your life because it literally inspires mine as I write it. So thank you. And I love it real quick because when is the release date? My birthday, December 13th. Yes. So I just wanted to share that. I love that that her release date is on her birthday, uh, December 13th of this year. So I will be posting some other stuff um, along this as times come. So you'll be able to come to my page or go to her page to be able to uh, know more where to get her book and follow and subscribe. And thank you so much, Jacqueline, for being on with us today and being vulnerable and really sharing your heart um, and inspiring all these people with us. So thank you again for your time today. Thank you.